0: Dr. Nora, let's talk Health Canada and the flavor ban, the potential flavor ban here. I mean, that pretty much it looks like it's going to be hard to stop. From your position out in there in New York and looking at what's happening in Canada, what do you think?
1: Well, again, it seems to me that the the process or whatever's going on up there has somehow been corrupted and I you know I'm not naming names or anything, and I don't have any deep knowledge. That's just my perception. It's It seemed to me that Canada was on a pretty good track, science-based track, and then something happened along the way where, you know, um, whoever is in charge of these things got kind of got cold feet. You probably know better than, than I do. So that's one question I have. And then two, I guess, is, you know, what recourse do people have to, you know, to address what's going on and, and perhaps what what what's about to happen? These restrictions, I think, are a prelude to trying to ban these products outright and you know ban them from the marketplace 100%. That's my my sense. That's my my point of view. So in a sense, what's happening in Canada? Is similar to what's happening in a lot of other places, um, but but why the turnaround? Why you know what happened to, you know the leadership, the the uh, uh, the bureaucrats, the functionaries that were pretty much on board with tobacco harm reduction and now seem to be, you know, going in the other direction. First of all, vaping is also going down. Um, second of all, you know this data you know, does does not support the I the idea that there's a gateway because people are vaping and becoming smokers. We'd see those numbers, you know, shoot up dramatically. And they haven't. They've continued to go down. So, you know, where are you left with that? Well, it bothers me that kids are using, you know, nicotine, which is a drug. Fair point. Okay. Um, but you know what do we do about it? Well, their their response is well we should ban it. Okay, and then we come back to the argument. Uh, well, you know who 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 are really using these products? It's you know it's adults, adult smokers and former smokers. Um, so then, if we ban it, what's going to happen? And unfortunately, we're seeing some you know recent data suggesting um, you know where there have been severe restrictions placed on you know, e-cigarettes, flavor bans, and that sort of thing, the smoking rates are going back up. Um, and so, you know, is this what the tobacco control community wants? Um, and, and it would be okay as long as we, you know, dropped, uh, youth use down to, you know, zero. Um, you know, and that, and that's, and that's the, the dilemma.
0: It's a bit perplexing. Let me show you, I've just thrown up on the screen, in Nicotine and Tobacco Research, um, an article reactions to sales restrictions on flavored vape products or all vape products among young adults in the U.S. And this was just published at the end of July. And basically it says that they've looked at the 2020 data that we've just been talking about. and They examined support for e-cigarette sales restrictions among e-cigarette users. Perceived impact of flavored vape product and all vape product sales restrictions on e-cigarette and e-cigarette use. The results, if vape product sales were restricted to tobacco flavors, 39% of users reported being likely to continue using e-cigarettes. But over 30%, 33.2% said they were likely to switch back to smoking.
1: Right. Um, So... Isn't that concerning? It is to me. So that's, you know, troubling. Um, But then you have to think about, well, what's the evidence that, um, you know, a flavor ban is going to actually achieve the goal of of, uh, suppressing or preventing youth vaping? What's the evidence?
0: It seems to be an assumption that if you can, if you only leave very disgusting tasting uh, e- juice on the market it would act as some form of a teen repellent
1: as a scientist I have to ask well okay you know is there any behavioral evidence that this is true um you know have you have you asked people what they think will happen have you done modeling studies to to look at this? You know, hypothesized effect, Where, where's where's the rigor in the thought process and hopefully backed up by as much science as possible? That's that's my question. If you're going to convince me, say I'm a policymaker, um, I would think that I'd want to know that. You know, it's hard to, to know what to do, except of course, you know, calling out um, misinformation and the misinformers um when it's important and then you know sticking to um to, to the truth as as best as we know it and um you know and again this this gets back to the issue of communication who communicates to to the Canadian public and and how um uh you know and 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 again being here in the U.S I don't know what what the environment you know the information environment is like you know in the U.S. It's no surprise that you know the talking points that um, legislators, politicians put out there are almost verbatim what you know the CTFK puts out. Um, so you know they don't write these things themselves; um, they just regurgitate what's what's given to them. And so I'm wondering if the same sort of thing has happened and is happening. Uh, with with health Canada and that's not to say that it's not a good idea to do you know a second look at marketing and advertising and access and those sorts of controls. Um, you know those are nobody's saying that that's you know shouldn't be done. I think we all agree that that you know those kinds of measures you know could easily be in place. the other thing that strikes me is you know now that we're, the world is really in a place where uh commerce and information is on a different level than it used to be it's going to be much easier to to verify you know identity and and age and things like that and much easier to just block uh you know access to to products like this um and there's a lot of technology out there that that can be very good at doing this, why isn't the government, you know, putting more effort into, you know, looking at those potential solutions?
0: Health Canada, in its flavor ban, has said no, no sugar added to any e-liquids, e- no artificial, artificial sweeteners, says actually in the regulations that if, it, if there is a pleasant taste, then it's co- in contravention then of the new flavor.
1: Well, why don't they just put poison in the products? You know, I mean, uh, didn't didn't we go through this with alcohol at some point? Um, <laughs> you know, and what about and again, what about cannabis? Right? Are we are we going to do this with with cannabis products? Um, it, 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 you know, there, there's so so much kind of inconsistency, but but to get back to your point, you know, I, I, Canada is a party to the framework convention on tobacco, right? Um, so that's something that I do sympathize with in the sense that, you know, WHO has some, I guess, some sort of, you know, power or sway uh, over over Canada. But, um, you know, I would say in this instance, they, they really need to stand up and sort of say, you know, push the pause button and let's let's take another closer look at at what the science is really telling us and you know why did they approve these products in the first place um kind of like go back to that